Hello, Nadine Page is a holistic health practitioner specializing in mental health and addiction through her extraordinary clinic, The Creative Well. Nadine and I met through Facebook, I do believe, last year on lockdown when I put out a call to invite individuals to take part in a community kind of video that I was doing for a song called Another Record That Changed My Life. I seem to recall Nadine bringing in Prince's Batman to the, uh, uh, the array of amazing albums that we had in that video. And we've since become really good friends. She has the same birthday to me, so there's a good super connection there. But also, she's an expert in, in addiction, and that's something that obviously has been a huge part of my life and something I'm particularly interested in in terms of tech and how we've just gone through a year where we're really dependent on tech. So I got to talk to Nadine in depth about all of that in this conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Nadine. Hi, Tim. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Ah, you're most welcome. Um, so, look, I'm going to get straight into it. Um, addiction is obviously something that you know a lot about, have experience with people suffering from addiction. And you know, you've just seen the, you know, the first five minutes um, of my film, Super Connected, or screen album, as I should call it. <laughs> Um, about a teenager who, uh, and it's based on a real story that a friend of mine told me about, um, teenager suffering from uh, disconnection, not being able to relate to people in the real world, you know, frightened to really make uh, relationships with their school friends, uh, but then suddenly finding some empowerment through tech. Um, what, just as a kickoff, what was your impression when you watched uh, the video? It just looked all too familiar, really. Um, it's kind of a sight that I see quite a lot, you know, with friends. And, you know, when you go to visit friends, everyone's kind of like just sitting there on their phones, even though we're all sat around together. And people are engrossed in, you know, taking photos, taking selfies, not really being in the moment. So, you know, I, you know I'm guilty as well. I love taking photos. I'm, you know... Me too. <laughs> love taking photos of everything. And I think, you know, having just had this year, I think it's been really important to have those photos to kind of like look at as well, those memories more so than ever. But I think, yeah, I really resonated with um, watching that because I think it's very, very, it's become the norm. And I think we are living our lives very much through um, technology through our phones mm -hmm. and you know we're friends with people on our phones but we've got people around us and we're not connecting with the people that are in the same room mm -hmm. as us. And something that you just said that really uh, resonated with me was it be being in the moment mm -hmm. uh, being in being in in a moment when you're I don't know um, at a football match or uh, at a gig you know shoulder to shoulder with people listening to your favorite mm -hmm. band or something uh, it, it is is very different, isn't it, to to the moments that we have on social media and, uh, and different platforms? Yeah, I think so. I think for me, when I go to a football match, it's easier to be in that moment. I, I'm not really thinking I want to take a picture. I'm kind of like following the ball, following the players. 
Um, but when I go to a gig, I love taking photos of pop stars or, um, and I love to be able to come away and look at, you know, some of my photography. Mm. And, you know, I love taking the videos, but I wouldn't be somebody who would video all the way through because I need to be there and I need to immerse mm. myself in that music and I think it is it's very very different and I think I you know I go to lots of gigs as you know and and I think I, I watch people and I'm watching it's almost like I'm watching them through the phone if I'm behind them which isn't very often so I like to be at the front but I watch people mm -hmm. and they're just phones up the whole time and they're not really watching in the moment they watch it later but not mm -hmm. there but I have to say I've been very grateful for having some of those video memories and those photographs this last year when I haven't been able to go to gigs, I've been able to relive those moments. Um, yeah, of course. It's actually become quite important to me to be able to mm -hmm. um, enjoy some of that music um, that I'd enjoyed previously because we've had nothing, have we? It's been a bit of a drought this last, in fact, we've only had you. <laughs> That's all I've had <laughs> in, in um, lockdown is, yeah, the two socially distant gigs with you. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been hard but yeah I guess that video has kind of kept a lot of us going the memories and it connects us even after that moment so if we go to a gig we would maybe you know tag each other and it's something that we can talk about and then a year later two years later the memory comes up and we can talk about it again so it does help to connect and sometimes the memories come up and I forget that I'd even because I do so much I forget that I've even done that so that's mm. that's so quite nice that you can capture some of those memories sure. yeah. so you have a really healthy uh sort of um uh, way of of using and 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 uh, engaging with social media i think you're talking about facebook mostly with the tagging um what's what is it in your you know experiences uh working with people suffering from addiction that makes you know you slightly different to somebody else who just can't stay still on whatever device uh that they're using what 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 do you think is causing that because it obviously hasn't affected you no i think for me personally is i i love life i love to wake up in the morning and i love to look out the window whether it's raining and gray or if it's sunny i have an appreciation of everything around me um and I love moments. I love being with people. I love connecting with people. I love being in real life with people. Um, and I think maybe I'm, that's something that drives me. Maybe it's something that doesn't scare me. But I think my experience of working with people, if that's what you're asking me, is that some of the people that I work with find communicating a little bit more difficult. Um, and I think you're very similar to me and as you love being with people, you love that human contact. And, you know, I, I got that from you the first time that I met you, that you love people. And I think it it's kind of like, it's like medicine. You know, I love being with people. I like connecting. I like touching people, but not everybody does. Not everybody feels comfortable with that. And I think what technology gives you is that. Which is okay as well, isn't it? It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But it's when, but we're talking about those that 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 find themselves in a difficult or yeah. state uh, me mentally. Um, yeah, I think so, and I think it, it kind of. I think what I was going to try and say was that. Oh yeah, you say technology gives, and I. Yeah. No, sorry. I think technology kind of gives people the freedom to be able to talk, but not to be seen, and it's it's it's. it's 
Mm. It's very apparent to me over this last year that everybody relates very differently to technology and people that have no problem normally just kind of texting or whatever don't like to be seen um, and or don't want to speak they only text um, they claim to be isolated but they won't it's almost like well you I, I think well you could connect a lot more on a different level um, if you put video on but you know it's I guess that's the difference so I think for me I don't use it as necessarily my only way of communicating with people mm. I don't use it because I can't communicate whereas I think some people find that more difficult and I think that might be the difference mm. my, I mean my fictional story in the you know in super connected is based loosely on a, on a real story um and I, I just wondered, do you already know about people, um, particularly younger people, uh, that that have been in that situation <laughs> after the, uh, you know, the pandemic is starting to feel like there's, you know, it's mm -hmm. subsiding uh, to a point. I mean, other there are other societal mm -hmm. issues that have been thrown up by it, but it, for the most part, I think most people at the moment feel like we're we're coming out of mm -hmm. of it. Um, I hope. And um, I just wondered if you have experiences of people coming out of it and not knowing how to step out of it, like the character in, you know, in my story. Mm, I think so. I think, um, again, in, in my clinic, just kind of going back to that, I've seen a, I've got quite a lot of um, new clients and they seem to be getting younger and younger. And I think really what we're seeing is a an, another kind of pandemic now and you know for a whole year people haven't really been able to connect in person people have got used to hiding behind their screens and what people are telling me is that they, they're feeling very anxious and they're feeling very anxious about going back to normal life mm. and before the pandemic happened I've got a couple of people that I'm working with who um, weren't doing so great and actually, one of them, the parents are going to have to pull her out of school. And um, it's almost like technology saved her life. And she's been able to do her schooling through um, technology. So she hasn't had to come out. But now next, you know, she's actually now starting to have to go back to school and start to integrate. And it's quite frightening. It's quite scary. So it's almost like we've got like a different kind of pandemic, like an agoraphobic kind of pandemic. Yeah. Um, I mean, agoraphobia is one of the things that I tried to build into that character. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's in the, the film and the, and the album. But um, it's it, 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 when you were talking, it made me want to ask you um, if we'd gone through this pandemic, I don't know, 25 years ago or 30 yeah. years ago. Uh, would, would you think it would have been easier maybe to have come out of it and connect to people? Because this is, we're coming out of something also mm. after getting used to and really embracing connecting to people in the digital mm. space silently when we don't really have to speak or, or be seen if we don't want to. Uh, for about, I think, 17 years, isn't it, since uh, Facebook mm -hmm. started? We've had, yeah. we've had like nearly two decades of getting used to that way of, connecting suddenly was shut up and uh, for a, for a year and 
it's it's really complicated knowing how to go back to being with people. Do you think it's complicated going back to real, you know, physical social interaction uh, mm. because of of the pandemic, or do you think it's because of actually the journey we've been on uh, for the last two decades? Yeah. I think it's a, a bit of both. I think that the people are telling me that they are scared of contagion, even though we've got the vaccine. Um, a lot of people that I work with have autoimmune disorders, so um, they are fearful of kind of going back. That's um, a very real fear, I understand, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a real fear, and obviously you know that I work with artists as well, so there's a mm. real fear of going back to performing. Um, Is there? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Have you, you? Of course, you work with a lot mm. of um people in the music industry uh in, in terms of uh addiction and and, and and trying to find ways to heal that problem yeah um are, are there a lot of musicians that you know that are a bit frightened about playing yeah so people who have never experienced performance anxiety before so you've got session musicians touring musicians um artists themselves that haven't played for a whole year haven't necessarily picked up their instrument very much for a whole year as well so now I'm thinking oh gosh it's all going to open up and for the first time because i mean performance anxiety is very common i mean at least 50 percent of artists will um and musicians do experience um performance anxiety but what i'm seeing particularly is people who have never suffered it before are now they're anxious about that but i think your question is really interesting about and i've had this conversation with my husband what would this have been like if this had happened back in the 80s when we were kids and we had no mm. phones and we couldn't call our friends. I mean, a lot of us didn't have home telephones, let alone mobile yeah. telephones, and you couldn't see. So you'd never, I mean, how you contacted your friends, I don't know how, <laughs> looking back, we just knew where we would all be in a given day. We would just rock up down the beach or rock up in the town or something. You would just knock for somebody. But yeah, I think it would have been very different. And so your question's really interesting. So I don't think we would really know what the answer would be, but I think we would all be like a lot more, um, I think we would be anxious about going back. So I think I remember like, you know, when I went to school that, you know, you'd have the summer holidays, you'd be anxious about that first day about going back, not mm. about anything in particular, but you hadn't seen people for like six weeks maybe. And yeah. it was, you know, you've got that, those butterflies the night before, but everything was fine when you got there. But yeah, I think it's, we will never know the answer to that, but I think there is definitely something in that in as much as um i think because you don't have the, the the technology you've got to rely on being able to speak to people mm -hmm. and what i find fascinating is people that you didn't necessarily talk to at school because they found it very difficult to talk mm -hmm. you know, on facebook and they're the most chattiest people <laughs> in the world. You meet them in real life they're still not do you think that, do you think that is um a, a valuable tool for some individuals to, to uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, to address and overcome uh, difficulties uh, regarding communication, or do you think it's um, I don't know, like a like a crutch because a person that will communicate all day long on uh, on, on platforms on online mm -hmm. would obviously find it really frightening maybe uh, it, to do it in real life I mean is it is it a stepping stone towards the real way that we communicate in real time in real life or yeah. or is it in danger of, of sort of replacing it for some of those people yeah. who find it difficult 
it also enables it gives people it enables them to be able to communicate in ways that they didn't have before so you know it's kind of six of one and half a dozen of the other it's almost yeah. like shoehorn everybody into the same box but actually there are many ways to communicate and we feel comfortable with more with you know with certain types of way of ways of communicating don't we and mm. I always prefer face-to-face eye contact you know mm. and I, that's what I personally prefer um, but other people don't like that and I think it's just kind of being aware isn't it that you know in terms of mental health and in terms of yeah. uh, in, in terms of technology it's got its pros and it's got its um you know kind of it's it can be quite detrimental as well mm. uh, you know the girl in your um video that didn't seem so healthy but I guess the way that I would want to work with her is probably initially through that medium to get her to open up, to talk. And yeah, to... that's the irony, isn't it? Yeah. There has to be a way. Uh, and then it, later on in the film, actually, there's, yeah, it is, it is something that comes mm -hmm. through the screen that ends up transforming her for yeah. the better. Yeah. But yeah. Um, can't talk about that yet. <laughs> but, it was very powerful though the bit that I saw was very powerful and mm. very meaningful for the moment for sure I mean I start I started off with a extremely almost entirely negative view of of tech communications with the exception of what I do with it to make music because of course mm. I make music with people across the globe um with the use of uh, computers and various platforms that enable us to do it even though we're thousands of miles away from each other but apart from that all of it has just you know driven me mad for years and I still struggle with it but it, it has been the last year that's really enabled me to see that mostly um it, it's just it's an amazing extension of 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 our humanity mm. um, technology in general it's just uh there are some people running organi the organizations mm. responsible for the way the tech is used, uh, which where it meets commerce and retail um, and, and becomes ultimately quite manipulative um, of all of us that, that I, you know, that I'm still very much struggling with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm looking at that girl in the video as well. If she didn't have that technology, she mm. would maybe have been even more withdrawn. So maybe like, yeah. kind of like flipping it maybe that was her outlet that was her way of communicating that was mm. something that kept her connected yeah the way that we would want her to connect because that's not how we connect but I think you know if we kind of like look at it from her perspective maybe I mean because obviously it's a five minute bit that I've seen and I you know you don't know the, you know her as a person really and but I think we need to get to know people and I think we're very quick to judge technology as something that actually is quite negative but mm. actually this year it's been very positive it's been positive for you and your music it's um connected you and I we would I learned very quickly to, yeah. to, to embrace it because I don't know it just seemed like um there was nothing else to do uh, or, or there were things to do but in in terms of trying to reach out to other people and yeah we wouldn't have met if i no. made that other video with the records and all the rest of it, I, it it's uh yeah it's it, it there is a way to uh to bring community together online for sure yeah yeah, yeah definitely um and just in in terms of the 
the work, the weekly work that you do with the practice at the Creative Well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, have you met any? I don't know what ages that you that, you know that you work with, but I was interested if you've met musicians who are that young that they haven't actually done gigs yet. Because um, I've worked, I've mentored a few um, students who have who were at that point, maybe six, 15, 16, and were just about to start, um, you know, uh, exploring performance of their music that they've written, and they couldn't because of the lockdown. Yeah. Um, have you have you have you come across that? Yeah, I have a few clients actually. I'm thinking of one, well, I think of two particularly, one here in the UK. So he's a student, he's not qualified yet. So he's like in music production, but he would have been going out and he would have been having placements. He'd been, you know, learning his craft, if you like, mm. out the road and everything's kind of like shut down. So, and, they, you know, he goes to a state-of-the-art college with all the equipment that he could possibly want. But he can't access any of it. Everything's online. So he's not having the experience that, you know, other people would necessarily have on his course. Yeah. Um, but, I, but, yeah, I've got this guy that I work with out in the States and he left... Um, uni in New York and he went to LA and he was just about to go out on the road and then everything had pulled so when Mm. I mean the problem with that is that when COVID hit out there everyone that he was living with and sharing with they all kind of went back to their families and he was now left in a place where he couldn't afford Mm. had no job he you know he was just he had a residence somewhere as well and then he was also had like this little tour that he was going to go out and um, do. So that's how, how old, if you don't mind me asking? He he's some um, twenty two. Yeah. And then I've got another guy who's slightly older, um, in a different part of America, Minneapolis. And he was mo- he was in the process. He'd written an album. He was in the process of launching that in LA, and they were going out on massive tours, like really big tours. And again, that was all pulled as well yeah so, um it's been really hard um to kind of help that them. age and that that's the way that's for me that's where the um for the, for people that age that's where technology has fallen down <laughs> because yeah. I, I remember um with one of my students I was sort of t- talking to her about this is absolutely the time sort of 16 to 20 to in in my mind for somebody who wants to perform live as well and mm-hmm. pursue um the the path of the artist in music that's the time to kind of number one make all your mistakes out in public um real really out in public you know in clubs and in and and learn to listen collect as a collective you know when you're in a band or you have a band behind you if you're a kind of singer or something to be able to really experience um being in the sonic space with people as you're making this energy up that Mm. the people in front of you start to receive and then throw back at you and it becomes this wonderful exchange Mm. of energy um and i was and she she asked me she said is there anything that we can do online instead of that you know Mm. and i i mean i i just you can't. So I don't know how. I mean, so much is possible with technology, but uh, real-time audio 
doesn't appear to be, or if it is, it's only available somewhere that's exactly. we're not, we can't access. Yeah. But yeah, I just I find I found that really really sad actually. It upset me because I imagined if I'd have been like that at that age, it would have you know it would have broken my heart. I think that's the one thing that's actually broken my heart. You know, just listening and you know to them and their story, and I know that you know we can they they will get there, but it's you know they literally lost everything, like everyone, I guess, in the music industry, things mm -hmm. came crashing down for everyone, everyone lost their livelihoods, but the young people particularly, I think that, you know, were so super excited and everything was about to happen. And then just literally overnight, nothing has happened mm -hmm. for a year on, because they all out there in the States, they locked down before we did. And so they've been going for a little bit longer and it's just been that little bit harder. And they still haven't really kind of come back together again. And they they certainly haven't pursued what they were pursuing before, mm. it, you know, because that, that those tools have been plugged. But it's interesting what you're saying as well about technology and where it's let the younger people down, because a lot of them in clinic don't actually want to engage with it. And which I find quite fascinating. Right. Because I consider myself to be an old person now in my 50s and I've really embraced it but I you know and it's enabled me to continue working it's enabled mm -hmm. me to help people through this pandemic because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to work and I wouldn't have been able to help people mm -hmm. so um I think well, there's, there's such a huge mm -hmm. uh physical side of of music performance that don't mean just for the performers but um for the audiences as well yeah. what happens between them i think um kay tempest uh wrote in her book that there had been an experiment done several years ago where and i forgive my lack of knowledge of um scientific um uh, uh, words but the 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 hot the, they sort of ma managed to measure all the heartbeats of uh, an audience that were at a music performance and and what what came out of it was that uh, they all started beating at the same pace uh, to, in you know in front of the music that was being performed so there's there is literally a a very real coming together and 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 living in in a moment together mm. when in proper performance um so yeah I, I i always sort of smile wryly when uh all the tech platforms start announcing uh you should be doing this online and streaming that and doing this and it's as if it's just you know a bit like the u2 song even better than the real thing yeah. <laughs> and, and of course it's not um and and of course there are uh, quite a lot of youngsters that don't know about the real one because they're not old enough to have gone to a show or they're um, or were just about to last year, yeah, like absolutely. my students. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would have been a wonderful experiment actually to measure those heartbeats because that is exactly that's it. the wrong word. Somebody else will probably put in the comments somewhere what the right word. Yeah, but it was exactly it is exactly that. You feel like you're beating in the same at, in the same time in the same moment with everybody. Everyone's there. Yeah. And there's no feeling like it. Nothing compensates for mm. life, I don't think. It's mm. completely um, my drug of choice. <laughs> I, you know, it takes you to a completely different place with lots of different people all simultaneously. And, yeah. I, I interviewed a, a therapist, another therapist, on the first series uh, of, of this. Um, 
and uh, he talked extensively about uh, the sort of increase of addicts that he meets who are, you know, normally to do with drugs and alcohol and pills and stuff like that. Um, but then in, in the last five to 10 years, they've been adding uh, all kinds of tech, phone, computer stuff to it as well. Do you get that uh, with your patients or is it mainly just, um, you know, substances? No, it's not. It's, it's it's a whole array of things, actually. So gaming's a big one. Um, right. Yeah, when we were talking about tech, gaming's a massive one. Um, sex addiction as well. Mm. It's a big one with yes, he mentioned that. I don't know much about gaming addiction, though. I mean, is that is that similar to gambling addiction or, or not? Can you tell yeah, it's, me? A it's a real thing. That? So people will get up in the morning and sit, and they would go straight to their computer to play their game. And again, I guess it's a way of connecting with people. You know, they they play these online games and they it's are... It's a huge community, isn't it, of, of the gaming? Yeah, and a lot of the games are like team games. So they're helping each other all the time. So I guess it's an outlet, you know, like people would take drugs. It's an outlet for relaxing and be, mm. and escapism. A lot of these um, games, are, you know, the tech on some of these games, it's like real life, really, it's particularly if you get... What's those things called where you're fully immersed in the game? Oh, like the Oculus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, what's it called? It'll come to me. I'm the wrong person to ask. It's half the reason (laughs) I'm talking to you about it. Everybody will be writing in the comments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, But when you say that, I mean, you say it's good because it relaxes. uh, people that like gaming it, it's, a, it's a relaxing thing so what's what's the problem with the you know yeah. with the patients that you've well it's a bit like drugs isn't it it's to a point it will relax you it will help you to feel calmer but then it gets to a point where you know it will raise that adrenaline and depending on what game you're playing um and it becomes addictive so it kind of then takes over your life so you're maybe not going to work because you want to do your gaming and so then when you don't work you're having sick days and your boss becomes a bit of a problem it becomes a bit of a problem for your boss you may not be earning the money because you're spending your time <clears throat> excuse me um gaming and it's just um that cycle so instead of people necessarily you know taking heroin or pills or cocaine they're sitting there and they're gaming and they will game all night so they're not sleeping properly they may not eat properly um and they kind of lose their motivation so like with my clients they nest they kind of like find their their creativity's gone because they've spent so much time in this game that they and again like with drugs you know they take drugs sometimes to help with that creativity then it gets to a point where it doesn't help with the creativity anymore. It actually hinders the creativity. And it's a it's a similar kind of thing that um, they just, instead of popping pills, they're sitting there gaming. And it, it becomes quite insular as well. So even though they are kind of connecting with people, they're not really talking about anything. It's all very superficial. And also they're sitting in the dark a lot of the time. So they wouldn't be getting the, you know, you're sat there in the lovely sunlight. I'm sat here in the lovely sunlight, but they're in a dark room with the windows closed. Mm. And they could sit there all weekend and not have a life um, and not able to, you know, pen their songs or, you know, remember anything that they may have picked the guitar up and they may have um you know, written something they just forget it yes 
And it's most, mostly adults that you're you're talking about, isn't it? That you yeah, young adults. Um, not even young. I've got I've got older adults as well um, who are big gamers. Um, but they, I do have yeah. So I I kind of work from with people eighteen and upwards, seventeen and upwards. Mm. Um, I can work with younger people, but um, very often it's seventeen and upwards. Mm. Um, I've got a couple of fifteen year olds, but apart from that, yeah, everyone's an adult. Yeah. Balance seems to be I'm just trying to think of what to how to, you know, uh, conclude this conversation. It's so lovely uh, to talk to you about this, which we which I put off so many times because I said we'll just save it for the yeah uh, for the show. I don't know what we thought we'd call it a show. But um but balance is the thing, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, even in the last half hour, just talking about tech, it's clear that there's loads lots of really helpful things. It is a tool. Um, and it can help connect people who couldn't otherwise. And mm. then at the other extreme, it's uh, uh, it, you know, it's dangerous like any other drug. Um, so balance must come up a lot when you're, you know, treating um, some of your clients. What what do you offer to find that balance? Um, I know my experiences from long ago sort of came through Buddhist practices. Um, to try to find that middle way, which I'm still doing, you know, every day, trying to. Mm. Um, what, what, where do you, where do you guide those, those, those gaming addicts? Can we call them? Yeah. Uh, and and other people suffering uh, with dependency that you work with. Where do you? Mm. Well, it's that? interesting, isn't it? Because I think you have to come back to self always. And I think if you know yourself, if you're trying to balance. Very often we're outside of ourselves. When we're gaming, we're not really in ourselves. When we're taking drugs, we're not really in ourselves. So I think what what we offer here at the Creative Well, um, uh, different ways of doing it. So we we talk, mm. we talk a lot, and you know they everyone is guided to kind of come back to self again and to ground in self, and kind of like align with what they want what do they want to achieve and I think when people align to the path that they're on then that's easier but a lot of the time people say they want something but they're doing something else mm. and it doesn't really marry so it's almost like you want to bring somebody back to self and we do that in different ways we can do it that by talking we can do that we do that a lot through the yoga work that we do we offer we've got a couple of different yoga teachers and so we actually help to people to center themselves um we also um do some a lot of meditation as well um and we practice you know different healing modalities as well mm -hmm. so like reiki we, we we would do as well but a lot of the time it is about kind of helping people through talking and kind of helping them to get back on the path that they think they should be on and mm. that's not about us telling them what they should be on that's about them kind of coming to those conclusions mm. themselves we kind of guide them we walk that journey with them um but yeah it's it's never you must do this and it's definitely not one size fits all so we work with people no. very individually and all our treatment plans are based on that individual person so we mm. would the same person the same you know so is it fair to say you sort of try to facilitate uh, individuals to uh, reconnect with their authentic selves? Yeah, I would say that's, a, you know, that's 
I mean, all the other stuff that I do, because I'm I, I'm a nurse, an independent nurse prescriber as well. So, you know, if people come to see me, I will prescribe them methadone, subutex to help them to stabilize on some mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals. But that isn't the real problem. That's sure. It's kind of like what's underneath that. So my work would be really to help them realign with who they really are. Yeah. Mm. Um, I see that as the biggest part of my work. And everything else is just helping to support that, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think it's a a, a really um, noble profession that you're mm. in. And I know, I know some other people that are working in a similar way to you. And I don't think we can get enough of... Uh, no people working in your industry. Nadine, yeah. thank you so much for this, uh, for this conversation. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to working with you very soon. Very excited to work with you. Yeah, really excited. Thank you so much for supporting us as well. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.